0: On what event does all of history hinge? Well, we'll find out today on Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. I'm Steve Schwetz and I want to invite you today to a pivotal study in our journey through the whole Word of God. We're in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, what Dr. McGee called one of the greatest chapters in the whole Bible. So as you turn there, Greg and I want to share a few letters from our fellow listeners, these in Africa.
1: Yes, and this week, our world prayer team is traveling on their knees through Middle Africa, and, of course, African French is one of the very important ministries we have in that part of the world.
0: Hmm. Now, can you tell me the producer's name, Greg?
1: Uh, I love to say Don Manjou Marcel. I mean... It you, just flows right off the tongue. You can't beat the French it's, for the way I they know. They it's lovely. I'm, them I'm sure I didn't say it properly for a real French person, but Don, Don Manjou Marcel is a great producer. We hear so many awesome responses, and we always know that means they're they're, they're becoming the J. Vernon McGee for their people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I love the way they're using non-traditional media, in this case yes. WhatsApp, yep. which is a uh, very popular app throughout the world, probably more so everywhere outside yeah, the U.S. Yeah, a couple
1: billion people use it. Yeah,
0: and they get, um, so far, 250 people in a month writing in on WhatsApp, which is a significant amount for a, for a, any French language, which typically is not where we get a whole lot of response.
1: Well, and Steve, we were a couple of months ago in Africa, as you remember, and we were in Uganda and we saw, yes, there was internet. We were getting different internet signals yeah. on our phones, but we also heard it's not, it's often expensive for yeah. the local yeah. people. Yeah. They tax so, it. so this is great that we're getting people writing on their cell phones.
0: Yep. Let's start with some of these responses. Yeah. I'm assuming since they're so brief these are uh are these are off WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Yeah. It says uh here's a sweet greeting. Be blessed in Jesus Christ and good morning family in Christ. Hello beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs>
1: it's like God bless you my beloved. They, they they're here in Dr. McGee's spirit there.
0: Yep. Here's one. This is one that says, uh, Hello to you, servant of God. I am very interested in your program. I like the word very much. I am thirsty to have a sharing group around the word. I am very edified when I follow you.
1: And Steve, we often talk about in other parts of the world like South Asia what we call our home groups. Yeah. But you know the Holy Spirit has been forming home groups before we ever organized
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm and personally, this is me personally, yeah. I'm not the greatest fan of social media and what it's done I know to you're our not. world. Yeah. But home groups yeah. on WhatsApp or God is using that medium to bless people that otherwise would not be able to be in a home group.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it it gathers people in ways that other media can't. Now, here's another response on WhatsApp. My name is Arnaud, and I am a son of God. I like Mm. that. I've never written an email. My name is Greg, and I'm I'm a a son son of of God. God. I am writing to you from Cameroon. It is with great interest that I am listening to your program on EMCI, and you're going to ask me what that is, and I don't know, Steve, which is the beauty of we trust our partners. To fling the seat out there, yeah. I assume' it's a, it's a station,
0: yep, okay, well, here's another one. Wednesday, I took the program late because of the lack of electrical power in my area. Don't miss that, yeah a lot, a lot right. of these places. I mean once in a while we get we get uh, power outages uh, for a lot of the world, it's a regular event. yes, um, it continues, and I found the study fascinating. I would like to know more about this study and about Jesus Christ. if possible, send physical support like a document or a link.
1: Yeah, and of course, in WhatsApp, you can send those kind of things, and that's probably what this person is looking for. Um, and, I, and we're getting a taste of just how people are interacting with the program on a different kind of a, a, a media platform like WhatsApp. Here's another one. My name is Robert, and I have been following your study program on EMCI. There's that. Again, I think it might be a local station. I liked very much how you bring light to the Word of God to the things we don't understand.
0: Hmm. Here's another one. I am a brother, Victor. My request is an assistance in prayer, if possible. I am from a city of Lamubashi, DRC. These last days, I am really going through a difficult time in which the devil is fighting me, trying to make me lose my faith. It's a tribulation phase that I'm going through. When I pray, I often tell God to speak to me, but with no answer, and I wonder why. Why is God silent when I'm going through a difficult time? I really want help to stand firm in the battle. Yeah. And Steve, this response illustrates
1: how the, the teams that we work with in the fields have to answer a lot of questions yeah. based on Dr. McGee's teaching. So while it's wonderful that we're teaching the through the Bible systematic theology, there are real issues out there.
0: Yeah. I, th- we got to do this last one. I love this one. I have just received Jesus in my heart and have joined a church because you encouraged us to do so. Amen. And that's the partnership that we yep. have in trying to get people plugged into local churches. I'm going to have to leave it there. Greg, yeah. pray <laughs> for us quickly as we begin our Study.
1: Yes. Father, we bless your name and praise you for the work you're doing as we fling your word out there to the world. We pray that you would do the same work in our heart, that your word would take root and grow in us. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Now here's Dr. J. Vernon McGee with more of our study in 1 Corinthians 15.
2: Now, friends, we want to look again here at 1 Corinthians 15. We said this is one of the most important chapters of the Bible, and we're proving it because this is the third study we've had in this single chapter, and I'm not about to run away from it, but I think we'll finish it today, and we expect to finish 1 Corinthians next time, and then we'll be moving back into the Old Testament, and we'll be taking Ezra. Now, as we come here to 1 Corinthians 15, I drop back for just a moment, to verse 35 and begin there by just looking very cursorily at several things that are said. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up? And as we said before, two questions are here, the how and the what. And we need to back up and look at this a moment. Men fail to distinguish the difference between the resurrection of the body and the immortality of the soul. Plato and Cicero, they argue for the immortality of the soul. Now, Paul is arguing for the resurrection of the body. The Sadducees, they denied any life after death. And Christ answered them. He says, He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God of the living and not of the dead. And Paul answered those who denied the resurrection of the body. He answered it, as we've seen In the resurrection of Christ, his body was raised up. Now, how can a body that dies and a body that's raised up be the same? Well, Paul says nature demonstrates that they are not identical. They are the same, but not identical. The dead are raised up with what body? Well, the bodies change elements every eight years. Our bodies, we're told, change the elements. And the answer to the first question, the how here, that just as a grain of wheat falls into the ground, it comes up. Now, in verse 36, Paul is very severe. He says, if you only had sense enough to see it, you'd see that these seed, there's a dissolution, but there's a continuity. It's not impossible. It's a mystery. And then he comes to this, what is death? Well, death is not of the spirit or the personality. The real you goes on to be with the Lord if you're a child of God. But the body disintegrates. Death means a separation of the body from the person, from the individual. The body disintegrates, decays, destroyed. Dust to dust and ashes to ashes. That's the body. Now, Paul's going to answer the second question. What body is raised up? And that which thou sowest? Thou sowest not that body that shall be, but by grain it may chance of wheat, of some other. And the illustration is of grain. Christ is the first fruits. We're coming along later. We're waiting for the rapture of the church when he takes the church out of the world. If we're dead at that time, we'll be raised up. And then if we are living, we'll be caught up and changed. And the seed, you see, does not... Provide a new body, neither does the sower. God provides it. That's what Paul is saying here. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him into every seed his own body. And then he moves into another area. And All of this is the mystery of life. Actually, the mystery of life is greater than the mystery of death. You sow wheat, what comes up? Well, it's not barley. It's wheat that comes up. And that little grain, just like the one you sow. Not identical. But certainly similar. Now he moves on here and he says all flesh is not the same flesh. One kind of flesh of man, another flesh of beasts, fishes, and birds. Now the difference between a dead body and a resurrection body is greater than the difference between man and beasts, fish, and birds. You see, he was in the area of botany. Now he's in the area of biology and zoology. Then he moves out of that into another area. Verse 40, there are celestial bodies, bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. Now, the celestial, I think, is the church. The terrestrial is Israel, and the Gentiles. And now we're in a realm of astronomy. And then he says here that there's a glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars, one star even differeth from another star in glory. Sun's not the same material as the moon, neither the same as the stars. The stars differ from each other. There's a solar system, a stellar system, and planets and suns. Then he goes on. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It's sown in corruption, raised in incorruption. Now, he goes on to make it very clear here that Adam would not have died, but he'd always been subject to death, you see. But Now we get a body that's incorruptible. And in verse 43, it's sown in dishonor. It's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness, raised in power. And the glory and the color and the beauty and the power and the mind, all of these things with the new body. Now he says it's sown a natural body. It's raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body. There is a spiritual body. Many years ago, way back in the days of old modernism and fundamentalism, Modernism never was modern, and it sure isn't today. But a paper was read by a leading liberal in the East at this meeting of the theologians, both at that time modern and fundamental. And one man who read it, he was applauded because he took this verse and he put the emphasis on spiritual. He said it's a natural body, but it's going to be raised spiritual. And he says you can see that resurrection is spiritual. And after he finished, all the liberals applauded him, thought the paper ought to be published. And then a very outstanding Greek scholar who was there stood up. He was a very conservative man. He said, I want to ask this man a question. And they were all a little lyric because they knew this man knew how to ask questions as well as answer them. And he said, I'd like to ask the man who read the paper. I'd like to ask him which is stronger, a noun or an adjective. Well, there was a silence for a moment. This man answered, well, he said, a noun, of course. All right, he said, I'm surprised then that you read the paper that you did. You put the emphasis upon the adjective, not the noun. The noun is body. The adjective is natural and spiritual. Now he says it's sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. And it's the body that is carried over in resurrection. It's just a different kind of a body. That's the important thing Paul is saying, but the resurrection is spiritual. May I say that they never did publish that man's paper. Verse 45 says, so it's written, the first man Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. You see, the first man Adam, he was psychical. And psuchein is the Greek, zoosan. That means he was physical and psychological. The last man is spiritual, pneuma, pneumatical, if we want the English equivalent. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. And he goes on, the first man is of the earth. He's earthy, coikos, clay, rubbish, if you please. To talk about the ecology. Who messed up this earth anyway? Man, because actually man's earthy, he's rubbish. And what do you expect him to make? Everything that's a refuse of man is rubbish. He can haul in the groceries on Saturday. But I tell you, he'll fill up the garbage can before the week is out. Because man is that kind of a creature, by the way. But the second man, he's the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that earthy. Well, we are earthy. That's the condition of all of us. As is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. But also, if we are in Christ, we're joined to him. And therefore, this is our hope, is resurrection, an eternal body, an eternity with Christ. And as we have bowen the image of the earthy, which we bear today, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now, we're looking forward to this. Now, listen to him. Now, this I say, brethren... That flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These old bodies we got are not going to heaven. I'm glad of that. I'd like to trade mine in. They cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Now, he's not saying hocus pocus over these old bodies, nor is he sending them to a repair shop. It's the picture of sowing seed. It's put in the ground, I seed, that dies. It comes up not the identical, But that which is similar, and it'll be a new tabernacle for us to live in. Now, that is the reason so many atheists out here on the West Coast, when they die, they have their ashes scattered out here on the Pacific Ocean. In other words, it's a challenge to God to try to get all those atoms back together again. How in the world is God going to get that few, you know, atoms of phosphorus, and he gets a little iron here? You know, there's not really enough phosphorus in us to make the heads on but about two matches. We talk about somebody being fiery. Couldn't even light a match. And then we talk about, my, he's a strong iron man. Well, there's about enough iron in us to make a 10 nail. That's all there he is in us. And these bodies, what difference does it make? Now, if he wants to use some other atoms, after all, a hydrogen atom, they're all very much alike. And it wouldn't make any difference to me if he used some others. To make the new body. I think that's one of the biggest pieces of nonsense. And yet it's been the biggest argument. That's been used. How in the world will God get all these atoms together? Well my friend. He just has plenty of atoms on his hands. And if he made the body to begin with. He can make the other one. And it will come up. These old bodies. Coming up out of the grave. But supposed to have been scattered out there on the ocean. They're going to come up out of the ocean my friend. And he'll be able to bring them together. After all he's God isn't he? Now, will you notice, verse 50, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These old bodies are not going to heaven. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Now he says, listen to this, behold, I show you a mystery. What's a mystery? We've already seen that. He's mentioned it several times. That which was not revealed in the Old Testament, but is now revealed in the New Testament. That which you cannot learn by the eye gate, ear gate. Eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man. This is not something man would have thought of. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We're not all going down through the doorway of death. But we shall all be changed. Now, whether you die or not, you're going to have to be changed, friends. So many people say, oh, if I'm only alive... At the coming of Christ, just to go to be in his presence, you sure going to have to be changed, brother and sister. And I'm going to have to be changed. If he should come right now, we'd have to be changed in a moment. And a moment is the smallest part of time. The word is atomao. In fact, we get our word atom from that. And scientists made a big mistake calling that little fellow the atom. Because, you see, they thought they'd found the smallest particle of matter. And now today, they can cut the little atom up like a railroad restaurant pie, and it's not an atom at all. It's something else. I think the Greek word stoicos, which means building block, would be the best. And Simon Peter uses that in his second epistle, the third chapter, and he wasn't even a scientist. He was a fisherman. But the Spirit of God knew a little about science. Now, we shall not all sleep. We'll all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And I understand it's like. Colleges have measured the twinkle of an eye. But I ask one of them, well, what is the twinkle of an eye? Is it when it goes down or when it comes up, the lid? Or is it both of them? And I think they've got it broken down to, well, you just break up a second. And a moment, you see, is otomao. Tomao means to cut. Otoma means it's something you can't cut. But they've cut up the atom, you see. So that in a moment, in a period of time, you couldn't say here he comes and here he is. He's here. In a moment, in a twinkling of the eye at the last trump. What is that last trump? That's his last call. The trumpet is his voice. John says, I heard a voice like the sound of a trumpet. And I turned to see whose voice was it? The Lord Jesus. This is his last call to mankind. Come on up, he says, for the trumpet shall sound. He'll give his last call. He'll call the dead back. As he said, Lazarus, come forth. He'll say, Vernon, come forth. And he call you name, And the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. This is a tremendous must. You can't go to heaven as you are now. You can't go to heaven with the old body you got. You couldn't see what's really up there, and you couldn't hear the music. They tell us today that we don't see everything that's on the site board and we don't hear everything's on the sound board we get very little today these bodies are quite limited we are really deaf and dumb as far as heaven is concerned even if we went up there like we are we'd never be able to enjoy the place we wouldn't know very much about it we'd miss half that's going to take place and friends when i go there i don't want to miss a thing and therefore i'm going to need a new body this corruptible must put on incorruption this mortal must put on immortality so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought the pass that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. This is the victory of the resurrection, friends. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Now, I feel about physical death like this. I heard a Bible teacher years ago say, that he's taken the sting out of death. And he says it's like a bee that has a stinger removed. Well, my feeling is this, that I can't tell when a bee has its stinger removed. I just can't stop every bee and say, look, you've got your stinger, you lost it. And therefore, I'm afraid of every bee with stinger, without stinger. And death has lost its sting, I grant you. Today, we're to look way out beyond it. It's a doorway that's opened up the vast regions of eternity and starts us down the hallway, not of time, but of eternity. But I don't like going through that door. Oh, great, where is thy victory? Now, the grave's not going to get a victory at all. I tell you today, that is the thing that happens to man. Many a man today has been a success as a businessman, but he was really a failure because death got (laughs) him may i say many a politician got elected to high office and then he died in high office we've had several presidents that died in the presidency they got up there but oh death you know got a victory walked in on them death is an awful monster is it not but now christ has been down through that way just as That ark went down into the Jordan River and over to the other side. Christ has gone down through the waters of death for me. And he tells me, I'm your shepherd. Remember, I not only lead you through this life, I'll lead you through the deep waters of death. And I'll bring you into eternity. So I'm afraid. I'm a little child. I'm afraid. But I'll put my hand in the hand that's nail pierced. And he'll lead me to the other side. Oh, grave. Where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. It's sin that has the real stinger. And the strength of sin is the law. Law is a mirror that shows us we're sinners. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. How? Because we are smart and clever and we are overcomers? No. We have the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are told that they overcame him in Revelation How? By the blood of the Lamb. That's the only way any of us will ever overcome. Now, on the basis of that, he says now, therefore, therefore, I think goes all the way back to the very first chapter. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, that takes me all the way back to verse 9 of chapter 1. God is faithful. Oh, he's faithful. By whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I've been called into the fellowship of his son. And Paul has already told me in this epistle, he says that all things are mine. And he said that Paul belongs to me, and we've been studying all about him. He, he's ours, friends, and Apollos and Cephas. The world today, oh, I want to enjoy life and death. Oh, death is ours. But we have one that got the victory over death. And isn't this wonderful? Things present, that's things of time, things to come out yonder in the future. All things are yours. Why, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. May I say to you, up yonder in glory today, the living Christ, I hope you have Christ. He's yours and he's mine, and the world, and eternity. My Father's a king, my friend. He's a king. So until next time, may God richly bless you, my beloved. If this study has woken you
0: up to the reality that you don't know Jesus as your Savior, then visit ttb.org and click on How Can I Know God? As Dr. McGee said, next time we'll finish 1 Corinthians, and then we'll return to the Old Testament to the book of Ezra. If we can help you to find a resource on ttb.org, you can always call us at 1-800-652-4253. I'm Steve Schwetz, and as always, I'll meet you back here next time, and I'm going to be sure to save you a seat on the Bible bus. We're grateful for our committed listening family who faithfully pray and invest in Through the Bible as we together take the whole word to the whole world.